Welcome to the To Tell Us Die podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly, and we are presently in a very interesting time in our world. I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this, at the time I'm recording, we're talking about the coronavirus today. We've been on a still journey, and we've been talking about rest, and wow, how timely is the topic of rest, especially as we're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Well, as a believer, I want to talk to you just about some things that the Lord has been talking to me about. And so today's podcast is really just me sharing with you the things that the Lord has been impressing on me. And nothing I'm going to say is conclusive. I definitely don't have it all figured out. But I do know the more I lean on my own understanding, I am confused. What is going on? Am I really searching high and low for toilet paper? This is really happening. (laughs) But when I lean my spirit into the love of God, into my father, into the Holy Spirit, then I'm starting to have certain thoughts that are bringing a lot of hope and a lot of clarity. And so I want to share those with you today. I'm just chasing breadcrumbs and I'm sharing them with you. So First of all, I want to kind of rewind back to a conversation I had a while back. Maybe some of you are a part of that, but we talked about the enemy wanting to dismantle the cross, really taking a good run at dismantling the horizontal piece of the cross. Now, the vertical piece of the cross really represents our relationship with Christ and that intimacy that we have one-on-one with him. And the horizontal piece of the cross is that relationship that we have with each other that brings wholeness, that brings healing, because apart from community, we cannot, absolutely cannot find our identity, our true identity. If we are in isolation and separation, then we become our own reference point. We can't really find the context of ourselves within the whole, within what God is doing in the body of Christ when we're the only body part we can see. So community is extremely important for our destiny, for our healing, for our wholeness. And so I just had a vision a couple months ago is really around the time that we had her voice in 2019. And I saw the enemy really grabbing the horizontal crossbar thinking, okay, I'm going to try to undo this. I'm going to try to dismantle the cross. Now, of course, the cross is a finished work. He can't undo what God has already done. So that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm seeing is a strategy to disconnect the body of Christ. And I saw it a couple months ago and I saw it more in my spirit. And now with the coronavirus, I'm like, well, there, there you go. Getting people separate from each other. This is what they're calling social separation, something like that. And I've read three feet, six feet, who knows? But the bottom line is that the enemy would love for us to be separate and not be with each other. And I I love platforms like this. I love technology. I love how we're able to jump online and go live and talk to each other. But there is nothing that can replace human connection, human interaction, and being in the same space with each other. So, you know, we see here what the enemy's doing. Okay, we see what you're doing, but we're chasing breadcrumbs here. So let's just keep moving. There was something really interesting that happened three years ago. I had a dream that I'm going to share with you. And this is just some thoughts I have about it. But about three years ago, I had a dream that I was walking down parallel to the Willamette River in Portland, Oregon. And the Willamette River goes straight through our city. And all the buildings in downtown are right around this this river. If you've never been there, it's really beautiful. And I was walking parallel into the city and... I look around and every single building is toppled over and it's in total disarray. 
I mean, completely 100% something tragic has happened and the buildings are toppled over, cars are on their side. And I look down the river and as far as I can see down at the very end in the middle of the city is a cruise ship. Now, cruise ships do not come down the Willamette River. It's not that big of a river to do that. Not, not the cruise ship that I saw. This was obviously symbolic and not literal, but there was a cruise ship, you know, the one that has thousands of people on it. And the cruise ship was turned on its side and it was lodged into the river. So the river was plugged up. And I was walking with my daughter Esther at the time and she was maybe eight years old in my dream. And we're walking and she's saying, wait a minute, what just happened? And I remember thinking, I need to take some time and really explain to you the state of our city and what's happening and what's going on and do not fear. And I remember having to protect her from a fear response and really just explaining to her, hey, this, listen, this is where we're at and we're not afraid. So that dream I've been holding on to for three years and I've had some thoughts about it. I did feel that the cruise ship was about cruising, about the idea of cruising along and cruising Christians and thinking, okay, in that boat could be representative of a whole bunch of us, a whole bunch of believers who are just cruising along in life and we're doing good. We're doing great. But then in the dream, that cruising is, has come to a halt. The boat is toppled over and all the buildings are in disarray. Well, sometimes in dreams, a lot of times in dreams, buildings and houses represent belief systems and paradigms. And so I didn't take this dream as a literal earthquake, although, you know, the, the end of this dream maybe has not been completely revealed. But what I saw was that there are paradigms and belief systems that are being turned over. And I don't believe it's just my city, but I believe it's global. I believe it's for the United States. There's so many people praying for revival. And yet we have so many strongholds about our own belief systems about, you know, whether the people in our regions, do we really need God? You know, I have my own gods. I have my own life. I have my own comfort. Why would I need God? And so it was pretty exciting to think that these belief systems and these paradigms were being shattered because to me that really said revival is coming. I didn't quite know what the cruise ship toppled over meant yet, but I did see Christians coming out of the boat And I had a vision in prayer when I was praying through this one day and I saw Christians, myself included, coming off of the cruise ship. And as we came off the cruise ship, there were people that were meeting us that were giving us hard hats and tool belts and equipment. And then each of us got an address in our city and we were being assigned to go to a place in the city and begin to bring the gospel. And we had assignments. One of the assignments I personally had in this vision was to go back into the boat and find the people who were hiding in the closets. They were the ones that were like, please tell me I don't have to do this. I do not want to go out. I'm so afraid of the people. (laughs) I know that being afraid of people can be a real thing and afraid of even sharing the, the gospel that you've committed your entire life to, you know, that can be scary for some reason because a spirit of fear can take over. So that was one thing I was doing in my vision while I was praying as I was going into the closet and I was saying to people tenderly yet firmly, you can do this. This is what you're made for. You're going to be okay. And just taking them by the hand and saying, I'm going to help you off the ship. So I want to now fast forward to three years later and my mom, Debbie Lenahan, and my, um, her husband, my stepdad, David Lenahan, they decide to go on a cruise. And wouldn't you know it, they 
boarded the cruise ship that most everybody listening to this is aware of. It's the ship that was quarantined in Tokyo. So my mom and David get on the ship thinking, yep, we're just going on an awesome vacation and we're just going to go see, you know, these foreign lands and they love to travel. And next thing you know, they're texting us saying, hey guys, this virus has broke out on our ship. We're going to be here and we're locked in our room for two weeks. And it's like, what is happening? So all I can see is their little notches on the side of the wall as they're trapped in their room. Like, let's try to keep track of what day we're on, you know? And so they were tested um, often and you know, by the grace of God, they tested negative every single time for the coronavirus, but there were people all around them that were being hauled off the ship. A lot of people, actually, I think over 700 people were hauled off a ship of over 3,500 total. So that's a lot, you know, and they're seeing people come off the ship and they're seeing the ambulances and, you know, all sorts of thoughts are being had at that time. But my mom, you know, she was texting me and we actually were able to get on a Zoom together and she was praying, her and my stepdad were praying and just breathing in Psalm 91. And she said that she would read it over and over out loud until it penetrated her. And it really, really built her up. And I could just tell through her text messages that she was just in that space of total peace. She was in the pocket, you know, she was in the center of the storm and she was doing amazing. And so that was really special. They did end up coming off the ship and having to be quarantined another 14 days in San Antonio at, uh, at the military base. So that was a month worth of what happened. This was so crazy, right? So as she gets home and she shares more stories with us and she even shared at our church, I couldn't stop thinking about this dream I had three years ago, thinking, okay, I had a dream about a cruise ship toppling over. And then all of a sudden I remembered while they were on the cruise ship, something really interesting happened. And I'm just going to rewind just in case you don't know about this. But during the time on the cruise ship, we had the Super Bowl. And you'll remember that the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Now that's significant because Sean Bowles had a lot of different posts on social media about one of his mentors who has since passed, Bob Jones. Now Bob Jones is a very credible prophet and has so much stuff to say back then about what we're experiencing now. But Bob Jones said to Sean Bowles and the different people that he was mentoring many times, when you see the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, you will see revival in America. How exciting is that prophecy? Like that just makes me just want to jump up and down. That just makes me just want to do a ninja kick. It's so awesome. So when the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, my mom was also on the ship. And I couldn't stop thinking about, okay, the ship is stuck. It's kind of a toppled over type of thing. And here we have a prophetic word about the Kansas City Chiefs who haven't won for 50 years. And this is a marker in history, in prophetic history. Now in logic history, none of this makes any sense. It's like, Jenny, what are you even talking about? How can you tie these events together? But I'm not trying to make sense of what's going on in my natural mind because I don't know what's going on in my natural mind. But in my spirit, I'm beginning to see some pieces of the puzzle come together. And what I'm seeing is there is a ship that got stuck with a whole bunch of people on it. They're not cruising anymore. There was no come out of your room, do some putt-putt golf, you know, do some buffet. Nope. They had a little person in a mask, deliver some food, and that was it you know, daily. And they stayed in their room. This is not cruising. This is praying. This is like hunkering down in their spirit saying, Lord, we believe 
that your protection is in and through us and that you are in control. So I was driving the other day and I was like, Lord, was that dream a time marker? Was that dream about a time marker? Like when you see the ship turn over, like it's not cruising anymore, it's lodged in the river and the river could also speak to, a, you know, a certain flow that's happening, but the flow in my city has been disrupted and now there is a cruise ship to identify where we are in time with revival. Now, if those buildings do represent paradigms and belief systems, then revival is on its way. So let's pull this into the coronavirus. Here we are. All of us have been affected by this. You know, kids are home from school. I'm thinking, what about all the people that have to go to work, but their kids are home? Like, I don't even know how to make sense of this in my mind, just like you. You know, we're, we're trying to make sense of this and yet we can't, right? Because every day something has changed. You know, the restrictions are getting more restricted. There's rumors flying about, you know, what you should and shouldn't prepare for. And personally here to tell us, die, we're making decisions. Do we have the drenched in Daytona coming up? Do we have the one in Indiana? Do we move these on the schedule? There's a lot of decisions to make. And when I look at other people and what they're doing, I get more confused. So it brings me to a couple different points I want to share with you today. The first one is this is number one, I believe that revival has been triggered. I believe that to have revival, something has to be triggered. You know, the attention of the entire world is on the same thing. Isn't that interesting? And so I believe it has to be triggered. I don't know if people can just, you know, collectively walk along in their normal life and suddenly say, I need a savior. Now that happens to people, but revival is when there is an ushering of thousands upon thousands of people that are receiving Christ in one way, shape or form, it doesn't mean that we're meeting at church every single night. That isn't the, the total definition of revival. Revival is that people who are asleep are awakening and it's a great awakening. And I believe that that has to be triggered, that something has to be disrupted in order for a new flow to happen. So I believe there is a connection between the timing of that cruise ship and what I saw in my dream. I also believe that Esther in my dream represented um, innocence, represents the queen that God is talking to the royalty in us and the authority that he gave us through his righteousness. And I also believe that Esther could also represent the church. As believers, we're going, wait a minute, what just happened? We're looking at this mess going, wait a minute, I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. And even the fact that there's so many lost people, some of us have been in the walls of church for so long that we don't even realize what the rest of the world is suffering through. So it's like, we're actually getting a peek at outside our norm. So there's a couple different things here. That was the first one. The second one was on a very practical note, I really sense the Lord say, it is time for my people to hear from me. And so this is where I feel that we can help out here, our ministry team, is we want to offer you one of our courses for free. The reason we're doing this is because number one, 
most of you are not in crowds of people right now and you have time. Okay. So the internet is a great place to grow and it's a great place to put some of your energy and some of your time. And so we have a course called hearing God's voice. And if you've done it, you know that it is, it is amazing. It really is. And yes, I taught the class, but I can say it because it was God's content that he gave me to help people really hear his voice and really lean in. Do you know that you can hear his voice too? You don't have to just tune into a podcast like this or tune into Facebook Live, although do, please do. I'm doing the same thing. But even better is when you can hear God's voice for yourself because in a time like this, we need to hear God's voice for ourselves. The more I look to people who I'm even... I, I, I look to them as influencers. I look to them as people who do hear from God and they do. But one is doing one thing and one is doing another. So what is Jenny supposed to do? Well, it looks like I need to go to the father for myself, for myself. I need to go to him and say, Lord, what should I do about this? Should I cancel this meeting? Should I reschedule here? Should we keep this on the schedule? What should I be doing with my kids while they're out of school for weeks at a time? How am I going to help them, you know, get through some things that they need to get through? There's so many questions. And if we look to everybody but God, because we don't have the confidence to hear his voice, then we're going to feel stress. We're going to feel anxiety. You know, the other day I felt anxiety come over me. I was working on something super basic and I was like, whoa, what is this? And I felt it come over me and I just felt the Lord say, this is the fear in the air. And so when we don't have confidence to lean into God's voice, we will have anxiety. And you know what we're all about here. We're all about living from this place of rest. So we are going to give you this course for free. It is a $99 course right now, but we're going to give it to anybody and everybody that can understand the English language. Okay. Cause it is in English only right now. But if you can, if, if you're on this podcast and you're like, yep, I'm doing this, I would like you to also spread this to as many people as you know, who want to learn how to hear God's voice. It's four sessions. It's an hour a piece. And then there's also a PDF that goes with every single session. It's probably the one that I hear the most feedback on of all the courses that we teach. I hear, wow, Jenny, I'm 15 minutes into this and my mind is already blown. So we want to be able to equip you with God's voice. So what we're going to do is we're going to offer this now, the time you're hearing this, and it will be available to go through through the end of April of 2020. So once you get access to this course, you have until April 30th to listen and go through four hours of content. So I'll tell you here in a minute how you're going to access this. I want to tell you a couple other things that are on my mind about this coronavirus that I, I, I want to keep walking through this. Then I'm going to tell you how to get this course for free. Okay. Just a couple more minutes. So when I was in Dallas drenched here a couple weeks ago, we had Cindy McGill there ministering and Cindy McGill, she's amazing. You got to look her up if you don't know her. But she, when she was ministering, she said that she just began talking about the giant Og. That's O-G. And she said, wow, here I am just talking about the giant Og. And that was on her heart and her mind. And she began to talk about this giant being the last giant, it was King Og, and he was a giant. His bed was eight feet by 13 feet. If you think about 13 feet, you guys, that's really big. I mean, really big. Just kind of look at that right now. Okay. Like think about a six foot tall person and now double that at least. Right. So that is the Bible talks about 
King Og. And the only description or detail they give us about him is that he had a big giant bed because he was giant. And that bed does represent something that I want to address. And that is complacency. And so as she began to talk about this, I have not been able to really stop being curious about this king and the battle that Moses went through. So I've been doing a little bit of reading and I need to do some more, but the basics are this is King Og was a giant, obviously just, you know, we just noted that from the size of his bed, but um, he was a king that was defeated by Moses and it brought them right to the Jordan river before they crossed to the promised land. So this is the last giant that was defeated until the promised land and the territory was given over to Moses. I think this is a really significant piece. I believe that what is happening here in the world is that this coronavirus, although I believe it is issued from hell, I do. I believe that I believe that is a satanic attack, but I also know that God in his ultimate infinite wisdom, he will only allow something that he will turn for good. He is not out of control. He is not, you know, you know, twiddling his thumbs, wondering what's going on. No, he doesn't waste anything. And what I believe is happening is that it is causing people to come out of complacency And complacency, I believe, is one of the main giants, the main spirits that we are battling that has to be disturbed in order for revival to be triggered. And I want to share something here about this. You can actually go to Numbers 21. He's, He's also talked about in Deuteronomy. But in Numbers 21, in fact, I'm going to go there really quick because I want to read word for word. It just got me, it got me really excited to see how this was how this was discussed. I'm just pulling this up here. Basically, what happened here, Numbers 21, verse 34, the Lord said to Moses, do not be afraid of him, talking about King Og, for I have delivered him into your hands along with his whole army and his land. Do to him what you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon. So Moses had just defeated Sihon King. And so he was like, hey, what we just did with that guy, we're going to do with this guy. He gave him a point of reference. So they struck him down together with his sons and his whole army, leaving them no survivors. And I love this last line. And this is the point right here. And they took possession of his land. King Odd had 60 cities and they took possession of all 60. I'm going to dive into that number 62 because that's got me curious. But all this land was taken in their possession. It was once inhabited by this king. And now here's Moses taking that land. And I, I, I got to think about that a little bit because it's like, hey, now there's a sign right there that we are not, we're not just defeating giants to defeat giants. We're defeating giants that are occupying terri- territory that is rightfully ours. And I believe that this revival that we're coming into is going to have a lot of different components, but I believe this is a revival of taking over territory as well. Just a few thoughts that the Holy Spirit laid out to me is he said that control leads to complacency. So control leads to complacency. So when we are under the assumption or the delusion that we are in control, 
Okay. I get up at the same time every day. I go to um, work. I, I get there within the same, you know, five minute time frame. I have lunch at the same time. I see the same people. I drive the same way home. I put the kids in bed at the same time. I watch the same movie on television, have nearly the same conversation with my spouse, <laughs> get up and do it all over again. So there's this like this basically slumber routine and it gets us in a slumber. And if you know anything about the enemy, this is one of his go-tos is getting us in a routine that lulls us to sleep because it's so familiar that we actually are no longer awake. You can attest to this. Have you ever been driving for a long time and you'd suddenly go, I don't remember driving. I just literally got here. I don't even remember driving because we've driven that route so often we can just literally space out. And that is one of the tactics of the enemy is to get us in such a routine that we believe we're in so much control. You know, hey, nothing interrupted my day. I'm in so much control. I like to feel in control. Here we are. And now I believe that we have partnered with complacency because it's just a, it's just a, um, offshoot of that. So control leads to complacency. That's what he showed me. I'm going to tell you the definition of complacency. I thought this was interesting. Self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. I'm going to say that again. Complacency is self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. So think about a complacent world who says, you know what, I don't need to lean on Jesus. Maybe even as believers, maybe we have our life so under air quotes control that we haven't had to lean on Jesus for a long time because we have a routine down. We have a pathway down. We have, you know, our own steps that we think that we're ordering. And so we end up living in this place of self-satisfaction. So I wake up and think about how can I satisfy myself today? And really what's happening is that we are unaware of actual dangers or deficiencies. So think about the world who really the gospel is all around them. And yet they're unaware of the danger of not receiving Christ, right? Like there's a danger that they don't even know that they're not even aware of or a deficiency. They're deficient of love. And I've been there. I was deficient of love, but I didn't have any awareness of my deficiency of love until there was a moment where I hit rock bottom. And that was over 20 years ago. Thank God I hit that point. But that complacency keeps us in a state of not wanting or thinking we don't need Jesus. We don't need him as a savior. I don't need saved. I'm good. And so the world in revival looks like a looks like a world of people coming out of complacency. I believe that that's what the Lord is doing is defeating that. So when you look at this coronavirus, what do, what do I see? I see a whole bunch of people. I think people are more afraid that they're not in control than they are actually of the coronavirus itself. And so it's like, okay, let's do everything to get back in control because control is actually what I'm after. Okay. So as believers, we're going to back away from that and say, control is an illusion. I, if you've read my book, I talk about this. It is a complete deception to think that we have too much, very much control. It really is. But the Lord told me control leads to complacency, but surrender leads to safety. And this is what he told me to tell you right now. The theme of this transition is this, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I don't know what's going on. You do. 
I'm not sure what to do about this. I'm not sure if I should cancel this. I'm not sure if I should still go on this trip. I don't know what I'm going to do. What if they extend school for my kids? What if we don't have the finances coming in? You know, all the what ifs, right? But I hand you my what if God, and I wake up and I just take it one day at a time. And the theme of my day, the mantra of my day, the, the banner over me says, God, I trust you. I trust you, God. So last night I asked the Lord before I went to bed, I said, can you give me a dream to give me even a deeper understanding of what's going on? And I had a really interesting dream. I was so glad that he gave me one. He usually does if I ask if we're on, if we're in a certain conversation, he does. And hopefully you do that. That's part of the um, hearing God's voice course too, is really getting in these spaces where you and the Lord can come together on these conversations through dreams or even through impressions and that kind of thing. But the dream that he gave me last night was really simple. It was a group of people were headed to a place called moderate. The place was called moderate and the P I didn't want to go to moderate, but all of a sudden these people that were very influential in my life, they were headed there. They were headed to a place called moderate and as people who have a very high influence to Bob and I, I was like, oh gosh. And I remember thinking, if I go to this place called moderate, maybe I can fix the mess that's happening in my personal life or in just life in general. And I felt like it was a way for me to get out of a mess is go to a place called moderate. Isn't that interesting? And Bob in my dream said, Jenny, no. That's not what we're doing. And really the impression I had in the dream is that Bob represented God, represented my protector. And he was like, this isn't what we're doing. Now, if you know anything about me, I am not headed towards a place called moderate, not like not even close, right? But I asked the dream, the, the Lord to give me a dream, give me a dream of what, what's happening. And again, I was so impressed that the Lord said, it is time for people to hear my voice for themselves. Because I might have people go to a certain place that for them isn't moderate. It's prosperity. It's overflow. But I can't just follow people because what if when I get there, it's moderate for me, but it's the overflow for them. Do you see what I'm saying? So it was like, don't follow human influence only. Now we need wise counsel. The Bible talks about pressing into counsel, leaning into wise counsel. We don't want to just be rogue and lone ranger. That is really bad. That's a terrible idea. But what if we only lean on people and we don't hear from God, right? That's going to lead us into some disappointment. It's going to lead us into what could be a moderate place for us, but a but paradise for them. So in my dream, the place called moderate was what it was going to be for me, not necessarily the people that were going there. Isn't that interesting? But yet, because the people that I so look up to were going there, it made me feel like I have to go. I don't even have a decision in this. I have to go because they're going. So we need to back up and we need to say, Lord, what are you saying to me and my family? As the leader of my home and the leader of my children, what are you saying to us? And what's right for us might not be right for other people. So just because I cancel something or I do something or I, I feel the Lord lead me a certain way, that doesn't mean that that answer is the answer for other people, right? 
So we're not getting on a soapbox. We're not saying, hey, I heard from God and the way I heard it is the perfect way. No, I need to hear for Bob and Jenny Donnelly what's right for our family. And what's right for us might not be the same for you because your place called moderate might be my place called prosperity. And your place called prosperity could be my place called moderate. So we can't just be only humanly influenced. That's my point. That's why we're going to give you this course for free. And you do have until April 30th to watch those sessions. Please take the time to do that. Four hours out of a month and a half is plenty of time to go through those, those sessions. A couple of things I wanted to share with you that I thought was really encouraging. I was researching and still in the very beginning stages of researching revivals and great awakenings. And, you know, you hear about all the different awakenings that happen around the earth. And it's just so interesting to me. And the revival that we're going to have, I don't believe is going to mimic exactly the revivals that have gone before us. But I like to hear what happened. I like to have hope. I like to hear the stories and just be so strengthened by the numbers of people that came to Christ. And one story I came along was a story from Argentina and the guy's name was Claudio Friedzen from Buenos Aires, Argentina. And he really felt called to the ministry and he had a church. And the story is basically that he would go to church and like seven people at a time would be there. Even his wife wouldn't be there sometimes like, hey, not gonna make it today. <laughs> and so he is in this church and he said he would just sit there and go, God, I thought you called me to do this. And he would just stayed at it, stayed at it, stayed at it. And finally, one day he said, I can't take it anymore. I can't take the fact that I believe that you called me to this and there's no fruit. You know, there's only a couple of people here. What in the world? So he said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a job. And he had some skill sets. So he said, I'm going to get a job. And he went to his accountability and set an appointment with them. And he said he was going to turn in his card, which was probably, you know, a way for them to turn in their, um, you know, their ministry card or whatever they had their, you know, certificate. And so he said he went to turn that in, got an appointment. And when he comes in the door, his, um, his mentor and his accountability said, Hey, I'm so glad you, you know, we're seeing each other today. I have been thinking about you, you know, God's going to do something so amazing through you. God is going to do something so big through you. And I can't stop thinking about this. And he said in his story that this guy wasn't one to hand out a ton of hopeful com compliments or like just encourage you just to encourage you. So he was really taken by surprise. And he also took it to heart because this guy wasn't known for that. And this guy was like, I just can't stop thinking about what God's going to do through you. I've, and he said, you know, there was a time in my life where I just thought, God, are you really going to do this through me? And then he turned everything around for me. And I kept thinking that's going to happen for you too. And so Claudio was like, wow. And he said, okay, now what did you want to meet me about today? And here Claudio goes, well, you know, nothing in particular. I just wanted to say hi. And I think I'll be along my way now. So of course he can't turn in his, you know, ministry certificate or his card is what they called it. And he walks out and says, God, I know that you called me to this. What in the world? So he walks away from that temptation to go to the place called moderate. I guess we could call it. He walks out of that and he starts meetings again. Well, it was as if the Lord himself just said, Huh, time to breathe on this. And there were thousands of people started showing up to his meetings. In fact, the crime rate dropped so it plummeted that the police were completely baffled because all these criminals were coming into conversion into Christ. 
And within a decade, there were 4,000 people in attendance in his church. God just breathed on it. And I just think, yes, Lord. And you know, you have to, you have to be thankful for those accountability people that are mentors that don't let us quit, right? But sometimes we don't have somebody that's like that, that says, hey, I've been thinking amazing things about you. We have to hear from God himself. And that, that's what he said in this article is he said, I knew even when I said I'm getting a job instead, I knew in my heart I was called to do this, but the fruitlessness of it was confusing me. So I just thought that was so encouraging. And when we're called, we're called. And we just have to say, Lord, please breathe on this and prevent me from going into complacency, into self-satisfaction. Because we said earlier, complacency is rooted in self-satisfaction. So I wanted to kind of land us on this last point, And I'm going to tell you how to get this course for free. I really heard the Lord say a couple different things that taking territory is the point of this next revival. It's the point of your life right now. So I just had this laughing moment because the Lord was like, Jenny, let's just do a little like history replay here. You know, we, my husband and I had a really incredible business. We were able to touch a lot of lives for Christ and just do so many great things. And our literal territory was a couple acres. And then he moved us from there into a 10 acre property. And we never really desired land, but everywhere he moved us, there was just more and more land. And then our business got restructured, um, basically lost our business is probably the way to say it there. And we came into a position of losing our income. And that was like, whoa, right? That was last year. That was that long ago. And the other day I was walking across our property here, you know, God's like, Hey, now that your income is nearly zero, let's go buy a $3 million retreat center. Yeah. That sounds logical, you know, but because Bob and I have absolutely no desire to run towards complacency, we could have gone, went and got a house. We weren't, we didn't come here because it was a financially safe option. We could have gone and gotten a house. He goes and gets a job. He's perfectly capable of getting a really good job. And so am I. And we would have been fine. We've been able to run our ministry, but God was calling us to do something frightening. He was calling us to do something that was so opposite from complacent, so inconvenient, so unfamiliar that we had a great awakening. My husband and I had our own personal revival and we woke to a retreat center and said, what in the world? We just bought a retreat center. Wow, that just happened. And so here we are in this retreat center. And I was looking around the other day, walking across our property going, this is 60 acres. God, you just keep giving this team territory. And it's not about Bob and Jenny Donnelly. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus taking literal territory and emotional territory and territory for the gospel. And I believe this next revival is gonna look like the presence of God coming through you into your workplace. I believe that there's gonna be Bible studies during lunch breaks. I believe that people are more open now to the gospel because their whole world just got flipped upside down. It wasn't very long ago that people thought they were totally in control. I'm in control. Look at me in control. Isn't this great? I don't need Jesus. I don't need the gospel. I don't need a savior. I don't need rescued. I'm not lost. And now it's like, wait a minute. So I believe that the Lord is using the coronavirus to rattle the giant of complacency And after that is finished off, guess what? It's territory. Because after King Og was completely defeated and killed off and his whole army, 60 cities were taken, all that territory, all that land, and then the promised land. So I believe that we are on the brink of 
coming to a place of the promised land. Now here's some instructions for you right before I tell you about this course. Don't worry, I'm gonna tell you how to get there. But this is what I want you to know. The Lord said this, and I wrote it down word for word. Don't be surprised when your God assignments spring to life in this season of the coronavirus. I believe that we're gonna be sitting in this what in the world is happening moment. And all of a sudden, that website that you're supposed to launch that you kind of had on the shelf, because it didn't really fit your life very well. Because remember, it didn't fit your routine because your routine was too locked down. Your routine didn't fit the assignments. It didn't fit writing a book. It didn't fit a blog. Some of you have even said, I need to get on Instagram and just start posting. And now it's like, wait a minute, I'm going to do that today. So the Lord wanted me to tell you, don't be surprised when your God assignments spring to life. It's like they were back in dormancy and now here they are. Today's the day. And I believe that that is also a type of revival because I'm telling you right now, had I lost, not lost my business, I would have never. I'm talking underlined, bold, write it in concrete, gold plaque, a billboard sign, never bought a retreat center ever. This did not fit my routine. This did not fit my, my day. This did not fit my life. But now that my life got turned upside down, my paradigm, my building, so to speak, it was like, well then what shall we do? And the Lord pops up a dream in my heart that's been dormant for over 10 years. And that was to have a facility that we could host events that people would come and meet the Holy Spirit and be encountered. So I just see that your dreams and your assignments are going to spring to life. Like, like you're thinking, oh, someday I'll do this. Well, guess what? That someday is today. I believe that. And I believe that the the revival is going to be your assignments landing. They're not going to be in the air anymore. They're not just going to be like a balloon just floating through the sky anymore, but they're going to land. The book is going to get written. The blog is going to get done. The uh, motherhood that you've been delaying is going to happen. All the things that are kind of the someday things, those are going to happen now in Jesus name. So here's how you're going to get your free course. Please take, take it, just take it, take the gift because it is a $99 course regularly and it'll go back to $99 after April 30th. Now, if you go to our website, you're going to see that it still remains $99 course. So let me share with you how you're going to access it without having to go through the cart and purchase it. Now, for those of you that are members or you are an ambassador or a kingdom partner with us, you get this anyway, right? You get our entire library for $29 a month. You can have our entire library of courses, which by the way, is a total option. And we have a seven day trial. If you want to, if you want to check that out, that'd be a really good idea. But if you want to go get this course for free and you're not a member right now, so you don't have it for free right now, then here's how you're going to do it. You're going to go to this domain. You're going to go to thestillbook.com and you're going to see a pop-up. That pop-up is going to come up and say, hey, why don't you get this course for free, hearing God's voice? And you're going to go ahead and pop in your email. And then you will get an email from us that will give you access to the course. And just keep in mind, you have the course through April 30th. And if you want to do this with a couple other people, like you're thinking, I can't stay apart from people. I need to have a couple friends over. You know, you guys can do this together, but because it's free, please put this on your social media. Please just share this all over the place. We want people to hear God's voice 
for themselves. It is so important. If you remember when Jesus was in the boat sleeping and all the disciples are in the boat on the storm, you remember that? And they're freaking out. And Jesus is sleeping, do, 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 he's not worried. And the disciples are like, do you not care about us? You know, they just went straight for the jugular on that one. I was like, oh, that was brave. Talking to Jesus like that, not to say that I wouldn't do the same thing in panic, right? But instead of asking Jesus, hey, how do you feel about this storm? They were looking at each other, at the panic on each other's faces. And they were like, well, looks like we're all panicking together. Here we go. And let's not be that. Let's not get in this storm because the coronavirus is a storm. They were in the word. It says in Mark 4, read about this. It says that they were in the storm along with a whole lot of other boats, Other boats were in there too. You know, we're in this together. We're in the same storm, right? But we don't want to look at people panicking in their boat and going, well, looks like we're supposed to panic. No, we need to look at Jesus and say, guys, Jesus isn't worried. And if Jesus isn't worried and Jesus isn't afraid, then I don't have to be afraid either. But you know, I have this confident rest, you guys, because my ultimate accountability, my ultimate mentor is the Holy Spirit. And if we stop and get still and and just say, you know what? Let me look away from the panicking. Let me look away from the empty shelves at Walmart. Let me look away from what everybody's saying on social media. And let me just stop and let me look at Jesus's face. Jesus, what do you want me to know? And I can tell you right now, he's gonna say, here's your banner. God, I trust you. I trust you. So please engage for zero dollars absolutely 100% free. Hearing God's voice is available through April 30th. After April 30th, it goes back to $99. And I do want to point out, I've said this once, but I'm going to say it again. If you go through our website, which is john1930.com and you go to the Hearing God's Voice course and you just go through that route, then it still will be $99. So you're going to have to go through thestillbook.com. Thestillbook.com has a pop-up. That pop-up is going to lead you kind of through the back door, so to speak. And then we're going to be able to send you access to the course. If you're a member, then you're already, you already have access to the course and you don't have to do any of this. Okay. All right, you guys. Well, I hope that you have found encouragement. Let me pray for you. Let's pray for us. Father God, I just thank you so much that you are not afraid. I thank you, Lord, that when we look at your face, I just see this smile like I am up to some incredibly exciting things. Father, we do ask you right now that by your stripes, we were healed. And every single person that is carrying the virus, even known or not known to them, or people who are suffering from any illness whatsoever, not even the coronavirus, God, but there would be a revival and just a healing revival that people would be healed in their body, healed in their mind, and most importantly, healed in their spirit. Father, we are asking you to help us take territory, help us not go to the place of moderate but go to the place you're calling us, wherever that may be, that you're calling us. You're calling us out of complacency and comfort, out of, well, you're the comforter, so you always go with us, so we are comfortable. We're going out of familiar. We're leaving the place of familiar. We're leaving the place of control and complacency. And we're saying yes to the audacious things that you're asking us to do, the vulnerable things you're asking us to do. We're gonna write, we're gonna speak, we're gonna get on on Facebook, we're gonna get on Instagram, we're gonna use our voice for, for good, and we're gonna talk about how good you are. So Lord, I ask you, God, now to give everybody a breath, a breath, God, give everybody a breath and breathe on the dreams and the assignments that you have placed in our hearts. 
in Jesus name. Until next time, we will see you very, very soon. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss a single one. We talk about really cool stuff. We'll see you then. Bye.